So we're going to be in the book of Judges. Uh, we're going to be in chapter 6, verse 11. And uh, yeah, this is what it says. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth at Ophir, which belonged to Joash the Bezerite, while his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, Please. Now, I don't know um, how many of you guys have any teenagers that you... Or, 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 or wives that don't believe you sometimes. You know that, please. <laughs> please, really. Um, and, and I believe that is how Gideon responded at this moment. It's like, really? Please, come on. My Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of Midian. And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do not I send you? And here he goes again. Please. Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, But I will be with you, and you shall strike the Midianites as one man. Today, we are going to be looking at the series um, from this subject title. And um, I need you to help me say this, just, you can do this. You can do this. But uh, can, can, I, can I ask you to change it up quickly, just for now? Say, I can do this. Yes. Okay, let's pray and go home. That was amazing. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word that it encourages us, that it builds us up. I pray that as we open your scripture today, that you would infect us with your word, that you would help us grow, and that you would move us forward. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, last year, around about this time, summer, uh, my family and I, we spent an entire day at a water park. Okay. I don't know if you guys have ever been that long at a water park before. We opened the place, like literally. The kids wanted to go, so we went, we waited, they opened the gates, we went in. And we left an hour before they closed. We knew the people by name, not the people that worked there, the people coming in. Um, we, we, we spent so much time there, my kids' wrinkles had wrinkles. Uh, you, you, have you ever been in the bath that long that you, you know, you look not like yourself? I can't say old because um, I get into trouble. But um, so we, we spent the entire day there and um, I, don't, I, I don't know about you guys, but my kids only got off the super tubes or the slides when they were hungry. You know, they only come look for you when they need something. The rest of the time they changed color 
and they kept going up the slide. But how many of you guys know it never started that way? A couple of years before that, um, we decided to go on holiday and we went to um, the East Coast. And we took our kids with, and there we went down super tubes. We had so much fun, but we said, hey, kids, don't you guys want to do this with us? And they went, no. Why? Because they were scared. And so we're like, no, you know what? You don't have to worry about anything. Come with us. So we took them with us. We went down, and that was the end of my life. Because then we spent the rest of the day, I mean, we had to take out gym contracts just to get fit because all we did was run up a hill and come down, run up a hill and come down. And, and the reason I tell you this story is before they actually started enjoying going on water slides, we had to motivate to do that. How many of you guys know you have to motivate your kids to, for those who have kids? Sometimes you have to motivate your spouse to do stuff. And then what are the words that you say? You can do this. And I believe this is what this passage is screaming out to us in this season. It's going, you can do this. You see, the Israelites are in this situation because of things that they have done, or should I say, something that they haven't done. They didn't trust God. They put other gods before them. And God allowed the Midianites to come and attack them and rob them. And, and they are currently living in caves. You know it's bad where you don't want to do something about a situation and you go and stay in a cave. And I believe this is something that we experience in our lives as well. Because the Midianites can represent anything that steals your joy, that keeps you up at night, worrying about what is going to happen tomorrow, where you constantly think, is my family going to be okay? How am I going to make it to the end of the month, let alone the end of the week? This is what media, the, the media nights represent. It's everything that comes and puts you in a survival mode. And so, I want to tell you today that you can do it. That you can do it. That you can get up. That you can move. That we know last week we learned that things aren't good. But it doesn't mean we have to stay there. And so I just want to point out three things why you can do this from this text. Number one is because God is for you. Proverbs 23, 7, if you go and read it, and you will only find this in, in the King James and the New King James Version, the old writing. It says, as a man thinks about himself in his heart, that is how he is. What is your thoughts about you at this moment? How you see yourself determines where you see yourself. So let me put it this way. If you constantly see yourself defeated, you're going to be defeated. If you constantly see yourself as not able, you're never going to be able. How many of you guys see yourselves riding a Ferrari? 
I don't because all I have in my mind is I've got kids and they, and they eat, so I can never see myself in a fancy car. <laughs> but when you don't believe you can, can I encourage you? God believes you can. When you don't, God does. When we ask our kids to do something and they say, I can't, every parent's reaction is, but you can. Why? Because you know what the outcome could be because you've experienced it, you've gone through it, you've enjoyed it, and they are working from a place of, I have no idea about the unknown. And that's the same with us. God is for you. He knows what's happening at the end, and he's going, you can do this. The first word spoken to Gideon is mighty warrior. But he wasn't mighty at that moment. He was a coward. He was hiding. I don't know. You can call him what you want to. But at that moment, he wasn't. He was in a wine press doing what you're supposed to do outside. Now, I don't know how many of you guys have studied what threshing wheat means, but you take wheat, you put it on a mat or on a surf, you throw it into the sky, and then the wind separates what you should be keeping from what needs to go away. So what he was probably doing in a wine press, which is a big hole indoors, was he probably took the wheat with his hands, threw it up, and went... <sighs> Just so that, I, I don't know, it probably took him days. But he was doing something that he wasn't supposed to do in a specific place. And God steps in and called him not based on his position, but on his potential. We always look at our kids, each other, our work colleagues, not all based on position, but potential. God looks at you of what you can do, not of what you are currently doing. Best movie ever made, The Lion King. My kids actually hid, I've, I've got it on Blu-ray. That's how important that movie is to me. Uh, and we've got it on VHS, which we can't watch, but my kids hid it. And um, I don't have a digital copy of The Lion King, and I'm so sad. But I love the part in The Lion King where Simba has become a hippie and has left his mother country, and he's gone somewhere else. And he meets up with Rafiki. And Rafiki goes to him, and he goes, I know your father. And he goes, but you mean you knew my father? He's like, no, I know your father and I can show you him. And this wells up stuff in Simba because Simba knows his dad is dead. And so they chase after off into the distance. It's like a really nice movie. Guys, you should get it, popcorn. <laughs> and they get to this place and Rafiki shows Simba reflection in the water. And what is it that Simba sees? Simba sees himself. However, Rafiki sees the king. We can get into situations so much that our outlook on our lives belittle who we are. And God is coming as like, do you know who you are? Mighty warrior. Because when you aren't for you, God is for you. And that is something that we need to understand. 
Who you are is not based on what you do or what you're going through. We sang that song today, I am who you say I am. I am chosen, I am favored. Some of us need to write that down. Pull out your phones, write it down now. Who are you? You are loved. You are enough. You are able. I told you guys, these things are stuff we tell our kids every day because they're going to land up in situations where they aren't going to feel like they are loved. They're going to become like Gideon where they feel little and weak. But can I ask you, who told him that? Who told you you were little? Who told you you can't get out of this? If God didn't say it, if God didn't say it, keep going. Let me ask this question. Anybody here like any kind of sport, anything, throwing a frisbee? Alison, don't put up your hand. <laughs> let, me, let me ask, any sport, if we go and play soccer right now, outside on that field, who would want to be on the same side as someone that keeps looking and going, we're going to lose? What would you do with that person? You'd kick him off the team. So we don't want to live, we don't want to play games with people that are constantly going, no, we can't do this. So why do we live in the space where we talk about that about ourselves? We should kick that to the curb. When we complimented each other before sitting down, who said, oh, no, me, Um, just before I left the house, and, and, and this is the only reason I bring it up, my, my wife, I, I was dressed, I was getting ready, I'm like, how do I look? And she goes, Flip, you look beautiful. And I, and I was about to say, I don't, and I couldn't finish that because I knew what I was going to be talking about. And my response to her was, yes, I am. <laughs> We need to get to the place where someone compliments you and goes, you are good looking, you are amazing, and you don't put a disclaimer there, oh yeah, but this is an old no, say thank you and move on, because the moment we put in disclaimers, we disqualify ourselves. So turn to someone and say, oh my gosh, you are good looking, oh my gosh, no, no, look at me, oh my, <laughs> come on. And now that person says, yes, I am. <laughs> let, let, me, let, let me encourage you. Psalms 3 verse 3 says this. But you, O Lord, are my shield, my glory, and this is it, the lifter of my head. Because God will step in at your lowest point and have you ever seen someone that is disappointed? They never look like this. Everything pulls down and they look, at, but God comes, it's like mighty warrior, lift your head. He will lift your head. You see, you can do this because God is for you. And the second thing that you need to understand is that God has a plan for you. 
Last week's message, we spoke about if it's not good, God is not done. And we can be in situations, and, and all of us are going through things, and it's not good. But God is going, hey, hold up. I'm not done yet. I'm not done. We read that he has plans for us. And can, can, I, can I share a different passage with you today? Ephesians 2 verse 10. It says, for we are God's handiwork. In other translations, it says masterpiece. Just pat yourself on the back. Whenever I talk to my boy, my oldest son, he always does this. Yes, I am. Because he gets it. And we need to get this, that we are God's masterpiece. You are a masterpiece. Dude, God chiseled my abs out of, I don't know. He used more on me than on most of you. I am who he says I am. I am beautiful. But check this out. It says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works. There already he says, I've got plans for you. And then it continues to say, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So you didn't wake up this morning and God said, oh my gosh, what am I going to do with Alison today? Ooh, I'll give her kids. Because she's got nothing else to do. She'll become a mom. But no, before we were created, God knew us. And then he put plans into place for us to do good works. Because let me tell you this, if God says go, he's got a plan. He's not, he's not going there, he's like, I have no idea. I have no idea what we have to do today. Do any of you guys have friends? Thank you, Lord Jesus. You see what I have to battle with at home, guys? <laughs> Was that pause too long? Do any of you have friends that when you're in a conversation, <laughs> you, you could be talking to them and they respond in mid-sentence. Mid and, and then they continue and you can't talk back because they just keep going and you wait for them to finish and then you forget what you wanted to say. And then they start a new point and you go, oh, yes, and you want to answer that and they just keep going and it's like, why am I even here? How many of you guys have friends like that? Those are awesome conversations to have. I believe this is the type of conversation that Gideon is having with the angel of the Lord. Because God is coming in there and saying one thing, and he goes, no, but hold on, hold on. Let me, let me explain this. And he goes, this is what needs to happen. He focuses on everything that is wrong. And all the angel started off with is mighty warrior. And he had this whole monologue of how bad things are. You see... He asks God questions as well. And we ask these questions. And I believe Gideon is one of the most real encounters, experiences we will ever read in the Bible. Because he goes, where is this God? 
that I've heard so much about that took people out of slavery and put them in a promised land that done great wonders. And we sit at this moment going, where is this God that we've heard so many testimonies about? But here I am in darkness. Where is this God? You know what I love about this part? God doesn't entertain his problems. God changes his focus. How many problems are we entertaining instead of changing our focus? Because what does Gideon do? He goes, this is, this is the problem, this is the issue, and all God goes is, mighty warrior, go in this strength. Have I not sent you? He changes the focus because problems that we have are all inward focused. What I can't do, what I am battling with, what I don't have. And God wants us to change our focus, not on what we don't have, can't do, lack, battling with, and focus on Him, provider, savior, comforter, healer, redeemer. Change your focus. Because we all know what you focus on is the direction in which you go. I've used this example. When you teach a kid to ride a bike for the very first time, where they look at, that is where they're heading. So never tell a kid that is riding a bike, watch out for the bin. Because that's all they're going to concentrate on. And it's like, don't hit the bin, don't hit the bin. Oh my gosh, I hit the bin. Because we focus on what we shouldn't. What we should do is change our focus. You see, everybody looks at the problem. Abraham said, I'm too old. But that was his problem. Moses went, I can't speak. That was his problem. Gideon goes, I am weak. And in all of those instances, God says, I've got a plan. I need you. I'm going to use you because God wants you to focus on him. I just want to share the scripture. I put it in last minute. 2 Timothy 2 verse 13. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. For he cannot disown himself. Because God goes... Before I get there. Never mind. Let's put this. My next point, and I, I want to go into it from here, is you can do it because God is for you, God has a plan for you, and most importantly, because God is with you. I was very quiet. God is with you. When my kids are scared, what do they ask? You, you, now I love terrorizing my oldest. Send him down the passage, and when the lights are on, I switch them all off. I'm the worst father ever. But when they're scared, what do they do? They come closer. 
And they can go anywhere. Why? Because dad is with us. So I'm going to say this again. God is with you. He's never left you. We just read this, that if we are faithless, meaning if we believe that where is this God I'm battling, he is not here. Can I tell you something? He is faithful and he is with you. No matter what you do, no matter what you say, God has never left you. We always say, hey, we have to come back. He hasn't left you. Change your focus. Verse 16 goes, I will be with you. But do you notice the change from verse 11? The angel of the Lord goes, the Lord be with you. And in verse 16, there's a shift. Because what we come to realize is that angel of the Lord is who we will come to know as Jesus. Emmanuel, God with us. And so it goes from the Lord will be with you to I am with you. I was listening to a, um, a sermon the other day. And have you ever read the word I am? We read it so fast. I am with you. But what this guy was telling us is that the I am in that passage is the same I am that Moses encountered before he went to go and help the Israelites get set free. Who are you? I am who I say I am. I am with you. So what do you need him to be in this moment? I am who I am. The most used command, we learned this in our series that we just finished in our groups this term, the most used command throughout the entire Bible is, do not fear. But something you will find, you will never hear God say, do not fear without this phrase, for I am with you. I am with you wherever you go. I am with you in whatever struggle, whatever problem, whatever season, whatever situation. I am with you. Matthew 28, 20 promises us this. Teach these new disciples to obey all commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always. Now, I didn't go and study English, but I know for a fact always means Always. So think of the worst possible place where you could go. I am with you. I'm, I'm laughing in my head because, I mean, no one goes to the bathroom and says, okay, Lord, just wait here. I'm, I'm just going to go there. But no, I am with you always. This should be so encouraging because no matter where I am, he is with us, but it should also be so liberating that when I'm about to do something crazy, something wrong, he is with us. And he will convict us and say, don't do that. But no matter where you are, I am with you always. 
and then it ends off with even to the end of the age. I will never leave you. I won't forsake you. I am with you always. So I just want to encourage us today. Where you are, God is for you. He has a plan for you and he is with you. So you can do this. No matter what you are going through, you can get up, you can dust yourself off, and you can start moving. You can do this. Let us pray.